Hello and welcome to another edition of our Preps Podcast. This is Kyle Neddenrip from the Indy Star. Uh, I have three interviews for you today. Uh, first talked with Mount Vernon football coach Mike Kirshner uh, about the return to sports, uh, some of his concerns about the, uh, the the regulations and maybe some of the things that uh, are going to be put in place or could be put in place uh, as we return to sports. Here about a month away, uh, facilities will be open uh, as it stands now on July 1st. So that'll be our first interview. Uh, talked with Mike late last week. And then I also talked to two uh, basketball coaches on Monday. And uh, I'm sorry, one football coach and one basketball coach. Uh, football coach was Pat Echeverria from Pike. Uh, talked to him about his uh, his social media post uh, on uh, he put out there on Saturday uh, in support of the African American community. Uh, he is a coach who who has a lot of African Americans on his on his football team and coaches on his staff. He's a Pike alum. Uh, he put out a, 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 a pretty heartwarming, uh, uh, thoughtful post on Saturday in support of uh, those athletes and friends of his, and also. Uh, Cathedral basketball coach Jason Delaney uh, also uh, put something out there on uh, on Saturday and talked to those both of those guys, uh, both white coaches, uh, kind of about their thoughts and, and also about it being more than just a social media post and, and kind of how they plan to um, you know live it and 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 uh, you know continue to try to bring unity to their teams and their community. So uh, those will be Pat, Pat Echeverria after Mike Kirshner and then Jason Delaney uh, will be our third interview. And uh, we're going to start uh, here uh, with Mike Kirshner, Mount Vernon football coach. All right, back here with our uh, press podcast, our next segment with uh, Mike Kirshner. Uh, Mike's going into his third season as coach at Mount Vernon uh, football program. Uh, of course, longtime Ben Davis uh, football coach. And uh, Mount Vernon coming off a really nice uh, season, 11-3 and three last year. Uh, beat Ron Colley to win the regional and, and played in the semi-state. And, uh, of course, Mike, we're in a... Uh, obviously a difficult time for everybody a unique time in our world i think and and uh everything kind of on hold uh, in in some aspects as we wait for high school sports to get back on uh you know as we anticipate probably july 1st where things open up again as far as facilities go uh, you know just kind of generally mike what has the last couple months been like for you you know what have you you've had some unique uh, videos i know that have been posted uh with, with what your kids have been able to do uh you know weightlifting and those sorts of things but in general kind of what is this what has this been like as a coach to try to lead a, uh, a group of young men without a lot whole lot of face-to-face contact yeah well i'm, I'm gonna be really honest when it first started it was like okay we're looking at this for a few weeks, maybe a month. So we were being real creative, uh, getting a lot of information out to our kids about workouts they can do, if they have weights, workouts if they don't have weights, uh, trying to maintain social distancing and any guidelines that were coming out. Um, and then as it wore on, it, it's become more frustrating um, from a standpoint that we, we don't have any interaction with our kids. You know, that's, Part of coaching is, is being a being around them and being part of their lives and, and guiding and helping and assisting. And, and it's hard to do that when, when you're inside your house and they're inside their house. And so uh, as it's worn, it's become more frustrating. Our kids, I feel, have done a great job working out. They've, they've done a good job staying on task and 
what it is they need to do, uh, but at the same time, we need to get back together at some point. I really believe that. So uh, I'm a little, I'm frustrated. Uh, I'm frustrated from a variety of things. I know the travel teams have gone back, and you know I get the infamous, well, they're they're a for profit making business, so they get to return. But if we can't return to school, then we can't return to sports because we're an education-based system. And I, and I get that, but part of sports is education. So if, if we're, you know, if we're allowed to open things up, then I, I think, personally, we should be allowed to return with, with proper safety protocols and all that. Right, and, and Mike, you know you've always been—you uh, know—I don't want to say outspoken, but you're—you're you're a, a coach who has always, in my time here, has always kind of spoken his mind. And you did on a couple of uh, of different articles that uh, you know I'd written here in the last uh, couple of weeks, just about you know, first of all, the National Federation of High School Sports. Uh, you know, they put out their—I uh, would say their recommendations, not uh, not protocol or mandates or anything. Uh, but some recommendations as far as, you know, what it might look like for a, uh, you know, possibly what it could look like as high school football and other sports come back. And, you know, and I agree with you, 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 you kind of mentioned the, you know, what is the reality of, you know, you're, you're limited as a coaching staff and, and, and trainers with how many people you have and what you can do. These were really detailed, uh, uh, you know, recommendations that the NFHS had. And again, they're not, you know, I, I don't think it's going to, you know, come to fruition on some of these things as far as what is realistic. But, you know, as you read that, Mike, what was your, you know, what was your thoughts as far as, you know, some of the uh, recommendations that the NFA, NFHS had uh, with those guidelines? Uh, my first thought when I read the NFHS guidelines was that we won't be playing sports. Sports mm-hmm. as we know it will cease to exist at the high school level because we, we can't we can't financially and realistically meet some of the mandates. I shouldn't say all sports. Uh, a, a, an animal like football that deals in lots of numbers was, is probably not practical financially, you know, with some of the guidelines. And, and honestly, you couldn't practice. You know, at some point, we have to get face-to-face and we have to hit people. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I really worry about football. I really worry about wrestling as, as two sports that I think um, uh, even basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, basketball, people can say you can play it, but it's a contact sport. They're face-to-face. They're, they're, they're within each other's airspace all the time. So uh, I worry about some of them. Um, I don't think here's – my, here's my thing. I was on a panel last night with Butler University talking about this, but the NFHS comes out with guidelines. The CDC is coming out with guidelines. The IMCA and the five or six state region of coaches associations is trying to put together guidelines. Everybody's coming up with guidelines, and they're all over the place. There's no continuity. And here's the reality. The, the amount of COVID patients in Posey County, Indiana, I think is two. And the amount of COVID patients in Indianapolis is, is, is whatever, thousand. So you can't have the same criteria for Posey County that you have for Marion County or Hancock County or Johnson County. Um I think it needs to have a general set of guidelines, recommendations, whatever you want to call them, uh, protocol to give the people advice, but then leave it up to the individual school districts on what they think is a safe return for their student athletes. Um, and, and I think if you do that, you'll settle everybody's fears a little bit. 
I know we're we're kind of barreling towards uh, you know kind of where you you would think you'd have to come up with some so have some things in place here uh, before too long. You know, July first, like I said, is the date as of now where facilities are going to be open. We're going to be uh, back to you know the 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 kind of the normal of at least getting into the building and being able to do things uh, with your team. So you know that's only you know about five weeks away or so. Um, you know, we're kind of getting to that point, Mike. What's kind of your sense? You know, what, how do you anticipate it, it might look on July first, and, and what do you think the odds are of, of kind of going into the season? Um, you know, I don't want to say as normal, but but you know, kind of you know what maybe we thought of a timeline. You know, would be uh, before all this happened. Uh, I, I think there's a chance we're back on July first. I also think there's a chance they postpone that depending on what happens in the month of June, especially when somebody's traveling and starting back up. If all of a sudden something happens, it's going to throw everybody back. You know, so, you know a team contracts COVID and, and three or four players are sick, and, and then, then we're going to be back. I do think we'll hear something guideline-wise by the middle of June. At least that's what I'm hoping. Um, schools are concerned about liability insurance. You know, if you're covered, you know, if somebody gets sick, uh, Protocol when we get back. Mount Vernon's being very proactive. Our RAD Brandon Eckert's been unbelievable. Um, and, and, you know, I, I talked to people last night. And they were like, well, we don't want to spend the money yet until we know what's going on. Well, the money in his mind has to be spent the way it is. You know, he, he bought um, disinfecting machines with the NFL type machines that they use. We're going to need those for PE lockers. We're going to use them for football locker rooms or weight rooms. Isn't the issue. We're going to need them anyway. Uh, he bought thermometers. Uh, the laser uh, thermometer test where we can test kids when they come back. Uh, we're trying to set up a certain set of protocol so when we return, if and when we return to the weight room, uh, there will be so many kids in the weight room, so many kids working out in the hallways, so many kids working out in the gym, do all the running and warm-ups outside in the open spaces. Uh, we're trying to decide do we wear gloves, do we wear masks, what's the rules on this, uh, do we wipe down the bars after every lift, uh, Spotting cannot happen because we can't get that close to each other. We have to change our workout. Instead of doing back squats with bars and spotters, we do goblet squats where the kids control their weight and do lots of reps. And, um, so we're, we're going to have to adjust what we do in the weight room, how we do it in the weight room. Um, but, but I do think for the, for the health of our kids, for the health of people in general, we, we need to get back to some sort of normalcy. I, I hate the term new normal. It's driving me nuts. Um, some sort of normalcy, um, you know, that we've got to have hope. Kids got to see some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. If it gets to the point where you say we can't play football, then, then, then we've got to make that decision and say we're not playing. You know, at least the kids know they can go on um, and, and maybe go to something else. But the thing school districts got to worry about, I don't know if this would be a universal decision. What if Hancock County says we don't think kids should play football, but Hamilton County doesn't? Do does Hamilton County still get to play football? If that's the case, and my kids want to play, are they allowed to transfer to another school uninhibited by the transfer rule? Because they want to play, but we're not going to be we're not going to be playing at Mount Vernon per se. Um, so those are things that, that could come up that somebody's got to think about. Right, and at some point, you know, if if a school decides before the season starts we're not having football, um, you know. I, 
I don't think that'll happen because they need those students uh, financially to to be in their school. Uh, you know, you get you get a certain amount for each student you have. Uh, you know, so I I don't think that would happen necessarily, but it could. And you know, are those kids going to be allowed to go elsewhere? That's a question I had as well. Uh, I would doubt it. You know, based on what the what the current landscape is, but I I don't know that for sure. But I guess a question, Mike, I had too as we as we get started, and if we do get started. You know, what if, a, you know, I'm just kind of thinking of the day to day. If you have a kid who has a, you know, a 101 temperature one day, you know, it's, it's a day before a big game. It's, it's, a, it's a key player on your team. I wonder who makes those decisions. Is it, does it come down to you as the coach or, you know, the, the trainer, a parent? Um, you know, th- does he have symptoms? You know, even if you haven't been tested at that point, you know, kind of what's the, you know, what's the protocol moving forward? I think all those day to day things will be, uh, difficult and, and you know it, it's a it's a there's a lot of things like that that I kind of wonder what it looks like uh, once we actually get into the day-to-day yeah I, I, I don't disagree I, I think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head there because if a kid all of a sudden comes to us and, and we use the laser test neither one-on-one obviously he can't go to practice um, he's got to be separated from the team immediately based on what we know now and then the trainers or the doctors or whoever I've got to tell us, you know, is this a, a COVID case or is this a, a, a normal flu case? Um, you know, and what's the protocol for return? You know, and, and then I guess the question then is, do, do we test every kid every day? Do, right. Do we test every kid that walks in our building every day? And if they've been in the building all day, do they then have to test them when they come out to practice to make sure nothing's happened during the day to change this? Um, obviously, our protocol is going to change. There, there's going to be a, a new way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, what we got to decide is: it, is it doable? Is it feasible? Is it practical? Is it financially possible? But those are things that I, I don't think have been answered yet because we really don't know what they're going to allow us to do at this point. Yeah, and I, I know people want answers, and it's hard. You know, it's hard to. There's a lot of gray, and 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 I think rightly so. I, I know even as a parent in my own mind, I wonder, you know, what's right or what's wrong, or you know, your your thoughts on things might change day to day. But uh, you know, or, or too, Mike, I was wondering, too, you know, what if a you know what if an assistant coach or a, a a couple assistant coaches test positive after after game two of the season, and, and do you go back and you know do do those teams that you played do they have to sit out for a couple weeks or you know those are all things that because i think we're going to see at some point you know someone's going to test positive whether it's college football or 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 high school football or whatever you know i just wonder moving you know those are kind of the things that you know you wonder about how do you you know how do you deal with that do you change the schedules do you you call it off for the next week or two or you know how does that how does that work exactly that's a really good point because if say we tested positive if my team, if say I tested positive, I'm in, I, I, and I'll be honest with you, I have no fear of going back. And I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm heading towards 60. So I'm in that group that people say should be somewhat concerned. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm not. I feel great. You know, I, I think I take pretty good care of myself most of the time. But, uh, but say I got sick. You know, does that mean my team now is shut down? Um, and every team we play prior to me getting sick. Are they possibly shut down? Say that's the end of the season that takes place. Say I get sick in November. All those kids that play football, are they now affected to go out for basketball or wrestling or swimming? Does it affect them? Are they quarantined off for weeks? 
I, I, I don't know. It's a really good question, um, and, and I don't know if there's an answer until it happens and people decide what they need to do next. Yeah, and obviously we here's have the to... That, here's the thing that concerns me is that if we do develop a vaccine, say we stop everything for another year and we develop a vaccine, the reality is all 333 million Americans aren't going to get that vaccine. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? So the idea that this COVID-19 is going to go away is, is probably not a reality, at least not anything in the near future. Well, that's the thing. It's, uh, you know, I, I think... You know, a lot of people are, are looking for the all clear signal, and I don't know that there's going to be there's not going to be that. You know, and that's that's kind of the that's the tough thing about this. And, and you know, I was out at a golf tournament this week, and you know, it felt normal, and, and golf can feel normal because of it's just kind of the way the sport is. It's you can socially distance relatively easily, but even being there after two days, you know, after a while, you know, you, you kind of. I think people get a sense of comfort and, you know, it, it, I saw some hugs on the second day. I saw, you know, uh, people touching the same clubs time to time. So, so eventually I think people kind of go back to norm, normal, um, you know, because it's not a, you know, it's not a, a, a disease where you can see it. So I think after, after you're in a normal situation for a while, you're natural, uh, you're inclined to kind of going back to feeling like you're comfortable again. And I think that might be what ends up happening, uh, you know, in, in our situation as, as sports move forward. And I think we have to be careful of that to a certain degree, you know, to, to keep people who are, um, you know, potentially uh, you know, could be sick to, to keep them away from it. But, uh, but I think that's kind of probably where we're headed in, in some aspect. It's just a matter of, you know, making sure we're, we're doing things the right way. Yeah, yeah. I got over the weekend. It was a nice hot weekend, uh, holiday weekend. I had numerous uh, pictures sent to me. Uh, I still live on the west side of neighborhood pools. One of my coaches was at a neighborhood pool practicing safe distancing. He sends me a picture, and there's at least five of my players in this group of kids, and there are 15 kids. They're not doing anything wrong. They're just all at the pool, mm-hmm. but there is no social distancing going on at this pool. And so, and you're right, as we become comfortable and nobody around me is getting sick, they're thinking, especially kids, that, and we're hearing the kids aren't as susceptible as adults to the virus knocking you off your feet type thing and, and really getting violently sick. And so they're already kind of going back. As the weather gets warmer, you're going to see, I think, amongst kids what is normal to them. They're going to go back to playing basketball at the parks. And um, I know in some counties the parks have opened up. Uh, in Hancock County, the gyms have opened up, so my kids have gone back to the gyms they used to belong to. Mm-hmm. Hancock Wellness Center, Plant uh, Fitness, they said, Coach, we're back in the gyms and we're working out. We'll go again. Feels great. So they're already doing what they consider would be normal to some respect. So I, I don't know what the balance is here. I, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not smart enough to know. Right. Well, I, I I don't want to keep you here forever. I, I do want to ask you about, you know, your team, uh, you know, assuming we get back. And, again, talking to Mike Kirshner, uh, you know, won state championships at Ben Davis in 2014 and 2017. He's now going into his third year at Mount Vernon. Mike, you know, if things do get back to normal and you have your team, uh, you know, in the season's is, is like we think it could be, and it's back to normal. How, how do you guys – what do you anticipate for your team this year? How much are you looking forward to uh, to getting started again? Well, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, probably more so than I have in a long, long time just because I've been away from it. I haven't been in the weight room. I haven't been working with the kids. And, and so it, it, 
I told my wife after about two, three weeks of this, I realized that I'm probably not ready to retire because <laughs> I, I, I'm going nuts, you know. And so um, we, we got a good nucleus of kids back. We turned nine starters on defense and seven on offense. Plus a really good kicker and a good punter. So we're excited. Our numbers are good. In 2017, when I was at Ben Davis, I think they finished the season with about 40 uh, at Mount Vernon. On the roster, we're about 115 right now, not counting some move-ins. That'll probably happen because there's so much building going on. So um, we'll have well over 100 kids. um, Increased our coaching staff, added a couple new coaches this this offseason. They're really young. They're young and chomping a bit. So we're excited. We're excited for the opportunity. We can hope they get it. I've got a really good group of seniors that I, I think, like the baseball kids and the track kids this spring and the softball girls, would be devastated if they didn't get the play. I mean, it would really, really hurt them emotionally um, if, if they weren't able to play. Just just like it did the spring sports. I, I really felt bad for those kids. I coached spring sports a long time, and uh, I know the kind of work the track kids and baseball and softball and tennis, all them put into it. And, and for them not to get to, to realize the, the fruits of their labor this last winter was, was well, it's funny, Mike. Last time I saw you, uh, it was at the O'Charlies out in Greenfield, and it was the day of the sectional championship game. And uh, you know, funny to think back—not funny, but but uh, you know, kind of eerie to to look back at that. And we, at that time, everything was still relatively normal. I think that's the last time my family ate out until uh, until here about a week ago. So, uh, you know, it's just. Uh, it's just crazy to think back to that day and, and, and kind of everything that has happened since then. Yeah, and to be honest with you, that was the last time we ate out, me and my wife, till a week ago we went to an Applebee's when it opened up. That was our last meal. I met my parents up there, and that was our last meal eating out up there at the old Charlie's there in Greenfield when I saw it. <laughs> that is correct. That, that, that's hard to believe, man. It is. That, that was a long time ago. It was still cold and yucky out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was, and I, I had the, uh, I was headed to Lawrence Central. I forget where'd you go that night. Yeah, um, we were actually heading up to Newcastle to watch the Hamilton Heights team play because my son's the football coach at Hamilton Heights. That's right. And we were going up there just to support my son and Hamilton Heights. And, uh, Hamilton Heights lost a heartbreaker. Um, Should have won the game. Led all but the last two minutes of the game, um, and so it was. They had a really good crowd up there. I don't remember who Hamilton Heights played. It might have been Newcastle. I don't even remember. No, Delta. They lost Delta. Delta. That's right. That was right. the one. It was Delta. It was a good game. That was the sectional championship that night as well. So that's where we were at. Yeah. So. Well, great catch yeah, up with you, Mike. I, uh, you know, okay. just, just, uh, you know, wanted to, wanted to touch base on those things, and uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, continue to, uh, to, to keep in touch with you, and you know, hopefully we are able to get back to you know sports in some aspect here by july 1st and and uh you know hopefully there is a season coming for these these kids at, at the high school level yeah i'm hoping and praying because i i just i just think we the country needs it and our kids need it um and i'm not gonna lie i need it i, I love <laughs> football and i love being part of it so uh, appreciate you covering it pal thank you you bet thanks for coming on mike all right take care you too
Well, up next we have Pat Echeverria, the Pike uh, football coach. I wanted to read uh, his social media post that uh, he posted on Saturday before uh, he comes on to talk about it, and, and it starts here. Quote, I am a husband, father, and football coach. I'm not political and have never pr- protested. As a coach, I've tried to use football as an avenue to help young men come together as a group to accomplish things they couldn't do on their own. Recently, we have seen appalling racial injustices across our country, and I guess my eyes are finally open to it. I can't sit back and be silent anymore. It's hard to believe people are capable of committing terrible and unjust acts, but it's clear our system is flawed. The only way these injustices can be stopped is if white people stand and show support. I guess the best thing I can do is let my friends, colleagues, and players know I'm here to support them and say I believe black lives matter. Hopefully together we can make change that we couldn't do alone. If you choose to protest, do it safely and peacefully. End of uh, quote there. And uh, Pat talks uh, later, we talk about this uh, uh, post from him, and at the end of our conversation, uh, he kind of lays it out even even more, uh, I think, uh, easy to digest and 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 kind of says his his uh, two cents on why he did it and and the manner in which he did it and I think it's a really good uh, conversation. But up next, uh, Pat Echeverria, uh, Pike football coach. Well, back here with a uh, Preps podcast, our next segment talking with Pat Echeverria, the uh, Pike. Uh, head football coach and uh, wanted to bring Pat on there was a uh, you know obviously a lot of things happening in Indianapolis and around the country uh, after George, George Floyd's uh, murder in uh, Minneapolis last week and, and you know we, we've seen a lot of uh, you know protests and have turned into you know in some cases rioting in, in Indianapolis and elsewhere in the country and uh, Pat came out one of the first coaches that I saw on social media Saturday uh, kind of coming out in support of the you know, African American community, um, the, you know the, the the athletes, the colleagues, the you know friends uh, that that he has, and you know I, I think uh, you know Pat, I'll, I want, would like you to kind of speak on that and, and kind of why you maybe felt the you know the need to put that out there, and, and you know kind of what was your you're not a guy I know who's on social media a ton, but what was kind of your your thought process, and and what message did you want to uh, kind of uh, you know, get out there, I guess, on, on Saturday? Uh, you know, it was uh, <clears throat> really just concern for, for a lot of my players and, and, and the students and, and just the kids in the community. You know, I grew up in, and I went to Pike High School, so, you know, this is where I, I grew up in. And, and, you know, I've seen racism firsthand with, um, you know, my friends and, and, and things like that. You know, obviously, you know, as a white man, I've, I've not experienced that type of stuff personally, but... Um, you know, I, I just worried about my kids, and I know how emotional, uh, you know, this type of stuff is for them, and, and really just wanted to let, you know, them and, and my friends and, and everybody know that, you know, uh, I believe them, uh, I support them, and, you know, um, I want to I stand up and, and try to do what I can to, to change, make a change for the positive. What was the Pat? What was the feedback? Did you get much feedback from from the the Pike community or athletes? Uh, I know there was a, another uh, post I saw from the uh, the Pike. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know if it was the principal or superintendent, but but another show of support from from Pike I saw later in the day. Uh, you know, so what what kind of was the the feedback you heard on on what you posted? Well, I, I got I got to speak. You know, Dr. Flora is our uh, super superintendent for Pike all Pike Township schools and uh, I thought her message was right on point and 
you know, and so really appreciate her standing up and, and speaking for all of uh, all of our school district in, in that regards. But um, you know, the feedback's been been nothing but positive. It, it's crazy because you know a lot of friends from 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 high school have reached out to me, and and obviously a lot of likes and all that other stuff. But you know, I'm just I'm just happy that. The, the message was was spread, and um, you know people knew exactly where I where I stand on the issue. So uh, it's been nothing but positive uh, responses from from you know the people that I know and, and people in the community so far. And again, this is Pat Echeverio talking to him, the uh, Pike football coach, um, about his uh, social media posts the other day in support of uh, African American athletes and, and colleagues and, and, and other coaches in the in the community and elsewhere. Uh, you know, Pat, I guess you know when, when you you know, you've you've coached at different places, coached at Zionsville. You know, different different uh, you know types of kids, different uh, you know racial makeup and, and and demographics. You know, and I always the thing I appreciate about sports so much is we are always put in positions where you know as athletes, like you know, you and I were in high school, and, and uh, I didn't play beyond that. But but uh, you're you're put in position where you're you kind of go into battle with guys who are have different backgrounds from you. And I think, you know, and I, I've covered all kinds of different athletes from, from different areas. And I kind of appreciate that about sports is you're kind of put in the battlefield with, with, with guys who are maybe completely different or, you know, have different backgrounds from you. And, you know, having coached different places, Pat, I mean, you know, what, what is that as a coach, how, how do you kind of, you know, are, how are you able to bring those, uh, you know, different uh, different backgrounds together. Is that, is that how, how much of that is is in coaching, I guess, and how much does that kind of, you know, maybe lead to how successful you are as a coach? Well, I saw a tweet the other day. I can't remember who it was, but it was, uh, you know, everyone in America would be well served uh, living one day in a football locker room, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, so I think sports just naturally, you know, when you, whenever you're fighting for something, a common cause. Uh, it just brings people together, and, and you know, ultimately, you may not be uh, have similar interests and, and uh, you know backgrounds off the field, um, but when you come together for a common cause, that's what's united. And and so, you know, I, I've been at a, a rural school at Eastern Hancock, and and uh, you know, a suburban school in Zionsville, and now um, you know a little more urban school in Pike Township, and and you know, <laughs> when you're on a football field. That's all that matters, and and you know it's a it's a family, and, and that's what you try to create is that family atmosphere, and uh, just realize that everybody can can you know put down their own personal interests and come together in a common cause. Um, we're all going to be better for it, and and that's what I try to stress to my players, and uh, have everywhere I've been, and, and uh, you know, and I hope that's something that helps them as they become uh, you know men and, and, and fathers and and uh, you know productive citizens in their community. And Pat, I wanted to ask you too. We're we're kind of in an odd situation, you know. Even even before you know last week happened with the with the protest with the uh, coronavirus and the COVID uh, situation, as as high school uh, sports are are you know hopefully get off the ground again and we, you guys get back into your schools starting. I guess it'd be a month from today, and you know July first uh, is the plan for now. Uh, the facilities will open back up, but what what has these last uh, you know ten eleven weeks been like? You know what are you uh, doing as a as a coach to you know kind of keep keep you know in touch with people and and you know what what is the last uh, you know two and a half months been like for you guys? You know, uh, you know, obviously some schools have been more prepared uh, to deal with this. You know. Uh, distance learning and, and everything else that's been going on than others. And, 
you know, uh, schools that have been one-to-one, you know, when I was at Zionsville, we were one-to-one, and our snow days were E-days, so I think the, the staff at Zionsville and the kids at Zionsville were accustomed to it, and this was completely new at Pike, so, you know, when this whole thing started, we had to find out who, you know, who maybe needed internet access and who didn't have a laptop so that they could do their schoolwork, and so really the first part of it was just figuring out, you know, how yeah. we can get people connected and, and make sure that we had the opportunity to continue to, to talk to them and help them with their studies. And, um, you know, so that was my first initial focus. And then getting the kids to realize that, hey, just because we're, we're at home, you still have to take care of your academics. And, um, you know, it's funny, the tweet right before my, um, you know, uh, tweet that we're, we're talking about was, was on our kids' academics and, and was really proud of them. You know, we had a almost a 3.0 team average GPA, so I was really proud of how our kids stepped up and handled the situation. And that was a big focus for for us as coaches was making sure our kids knew that and connecting with them during that time to make sure they kept up with their academics and uh, they answered the call. So that was the, the number one priority. And then we, you know, we started, a, you know, spring ball was supposed to start in April and, and obviously we couldn't get together with the kids. So we got on uh, and set up Zoom meetings. Each individual position coach, uh, you know, met with their kids for an hour. Uh, we've set up group chats with, with position groups, just trying to continue to stay connected and keep people engaged. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about football, but really it's an opportunity for our coaching staff to just continue to connect with the kids and make sure they're doing okay and um, things are going all are going all right at home. And then, and then um, you know, this was all before, obviously, the last week. And, um, you know, so it's uh, it, I, I've been really proud. i got a great group, group of men on my coaching staff that have stepped up and answered the call and, um, you know, just continue to support our kids as much as we can. Well, again, we're talking with Pat Echeverria, the uh – the Pike second-year Pike football coach, Pike alum, uh, coached five years at Zionsville uh, before coming to Pike, and before that was at Eastern Hancock. Uh, took that program to the uh, state championship game in 2013. Uh, Pat, you know what? Looking forward, and we talked to Mike Kirshner earlier uh, in the program. Looking forward, uh, what are your thoughts about you know how football might look when you when you guys are able to? And I know we're still a ways from you know playing games. Uh, hopefully, we get to that point, but. You know, once the buildings open July 1st and, you know, maybe get some sense of normalcy, I don't think it's going to look normal exactly, and there's going to be limits on, you know, how many kids are, are in the weight room or, you know, in social distancing aspects and different things of that nature. Uh, how do you think it will look when you guys get back in the building? And, and, and do you think, you know, what what are your thoughts on playing football this, uh, this season? You know, here, here. – you know, if you, if you look around the communities and, and, and you look at parks on nice day, you're going to see high school kids out doing stuff together. I mean, that's just the nature. We're, we're, we're um, social beings. And, and, and so, you know, my thought on the whole thing is I think if, if you know, adults can help to, to keep it structured and as safe as possible, I think that's, a, that's an important thing because let's say there is no football in the fall. Our kids after school, they're going to go to a park and play basketball. They're going to go. So they're going to they're going to be doing things actively together. And so I would rather help control that narrative as safely as possible uh, with the help of the coaching staff and the school. So I think it's unbelievably important that we, we can play as, as long as we can do it as safely as possible and minimize, um, you know, as, any potential affections. I know it's going to be hard because you're up in people's faces as, as football players, but I think, you know, got it in a couple phases in my head, I guess. And mm-hmm. early on, you know, we're not going to see our kids for – 14, 15 weeks by the time we get to July 1st. And uh, so I think we got to get them physically uh, back in shape and mentally used to the structure of a practice and things like that. So that's my goal early on. You know, I don't plan on practicing football for 
a couple of weeks when we get back together. It's really just going to be getting in shape, getting them accustomed to whatever the procedures are as we get guidance from the IHSA and, and, and our school district and the local government on what it's going to look like, uh, implementing and practicing those safe practices so that, you know, uh, if we do get to play football this fall, we can manage it and do it as safely as possible. I guess one of the questions I have, you know, I, I talked to uh, Mike Kirshner about this too, is, is you know, what if somebody, you know, tests positive, whether it's a coach or a, a player or, you know, maybe it's after week two of the season and, and you know, somebody somebody tests positive. You know, those, those are, you know, and I guess you're going to have to have uh, procedures in place to, you know, to, to anticipate those types of things, you know, as we, as we do look forward. But, you know, just it seems to me like a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things you're going to have to maybe anticipate happening, you know, ahead of time to know, okay, are we going to be off for two weeks if that happens? Will we proceed as normal? And, and that, that one person will be taken out of the equation for a couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, a lot of those types of things, I'm kind of curious to, to find out, you know, what, you know, what's going to be in place as we get started with uh, with high school sports again? Uh, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, I wish I had an answer. And I think a lot of people are trying to communicate and, and health experts and uh, school. You know, I think a big piece of this, too, is, is the liability, you know, um, right. um, on, on a school standpoint. So, you know, all things you have to take into consideration. But but here's what I know. I mean, this is a highly spreadable disease. Um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I feel more optimistic every day that um you know it's hopefully obviously it's it's spread so fast which is why i believe that the death numbers were tragically so high um but i I don't think it's as 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 deadly as first initiated so i'm hoping and and obviously as a younger population uh that risk is even lower so you know if we go back to school um there's going to be cases and and i don't think any school is going to be able to avoid those cases so i think um, legislation, the government, uh, the IHSAA, school districts need to decide, you know, if, if we do go back that there's going to be cases and, and how do we handle that? And, you know, is it going to be, okay, you know, are we going to completely shut down school for two weeks if one person gets it? So that's not an ideal situation. And so I, I don't know what the right answer is in that. And, um, you know, uh, obviously every family and, and, you know, school district is going to have to make a decision on whether or not they want to, um, put their kid at risk for potential infection but you know every everything we do there's there's always a potential risk and and so you know it's a it's a question of trying to do it as safely as we can and everybody doing uh and being in unified you know with um you know how to protect everybody well, Pat, I wanted to ask you too, just uh, briefly about your team. I know you guys didn't have the you know, record you wanted last year. We ended up one and nine, but you were competitive in a lot of games. You know, took Ben Davis to a, a one point game and had a chance at the end of that game to to win it. Went went for the win. Uh, you were you were you were competitive with Warren Central, competitive with Center Grove. So some of the very uh, upper echelon teams in the conference in the MIC, uh, Carmel. You know, was a game you guys were. Yeah, you know, hung in. So you know, a lot of those best teams, you were you were in the game. What what do you? How do you kind of uh, you know assess what happened last year, and then what do you think about the group you have coming in uh, in twenty twenty? You know, I, I was you know obviously one and nine is not where we wanted to, to be, and um, you know uh, it was I was unbelievably proud of our kids because we fought week in and week out, and and so you know I think we just you know, when you're, when you're trying to turn the corner and get back to winning ways, you know, you have to take some of those lumps to, to, to figure out how to win a game. And the one game we did win, you know, we won it 
with 19 seconds to go. So, yeah. you know, we, we had, and, and you know, the, the two point play that we didn't get against Ben Davis were right there with some opportunities. And I think the more, the more situations you put yourself in to, to be in a game at the end with a chance to win, you start to get more comfortable and, and you relax. And that's when you start to be able to pull out those victories. So, you know, I think our senior class right now, you know, I talked about our academics earlier. This senior class is, is a fantastic group. I think we already have, um, you know, six or seven kids on our team that have offers uh, to play football at college in this senior class. And, um, you know, they're very strong academically and, and, and they 100% bought into to, to the way that, that, you know, that I envision a, a program being successful. And so I was really excited. Our kids were working hard and then, you know, COVID happened. So um, obviously that throws a, a curveball that I don't really have a playbook for at me. And, uh, and so we'll see how we respond. I'm excited to, to get back with the kids July 1st. And I, and I anticipate that, you know, we can, we can pull a couple of those games out that maybe we didn't last year uh, to, you know, uh, for victories. Well, awesome. Well, thanks so much again for uh, coming on, Pat. And, uh, you know, again, wanted to, you know, just talk with you a little bit about your post the other day. But, uh, and I think it was well, you know, well received. I know I, it, it hit me when I, when I read it. And, you know, as a, as a white male, you know, you, you can't never, you can't ever, you know, know what African Americans go through day to day, but you can be ep- empathetic and, and, and show leadership. And I thought, uh, I thought your post really did that, so just wanted to bring you on to talk about that, and uh, and thanks thanks for coming on. Well, I, and I wouldn't mind saying one more thing about that, and, and this is something I think is, is very important for, um, you know, I, I've seen a lot of posts, and I've seen a lot of people respond with, uh, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, you know, a lot of people respond with All Lives Matter, and, and obviously that's true, but here's an analogy, and I shared this with my kids as, as they're talking to their friends and trying to help them understand you know, why this particular movement is so important. But when you're talking about breast cancer, you know, all the football teams wear the pink for breast cancer, and, and it's specifically about breast cancer. It's not that we don't feel other cancers deserve their show or their, their support and everything else, but this that cause is specifically about breast cancer. Um, this cause is specifically about the oppression and, and racial injustice that black people have served in this country for or had over in this country for hundreds of years. And, and, and I think it's important to to say that, you know, black lives do matter and the cause is important. And just because you say black lives matter doesn't mean other people don't matter. But it's important to, to separate the two because it's an important cause that um, I, I just think it's it's something as, as, as white people in this society, we need to stand up and, 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 and show that we're uni- united and, and that we, uh, you know, that we love everybody. So I wanted to make that and I appreciate you having me on, Kyle. Yeah, thanks again, and I appreciate you saying that, Pat. I think too, you know, and you have kids, I have kids. This has been a great uh, opportunity to to talk to them, and, and you know, not that you know th- these are things that they, you know, you know, my kids have, you know, black teammates, and and you know, I, I think they, you know, they they already know kind of what to feel or how to how to treat people. But it's been a it's been good opportunity to have conversation. I think, and I think that ultimately will lead to uh lead to good things so uh once again thanks uh, pat echeverria uh pike football coach uh thanks again for coming on with us pat thanks kyle appreciate your support as always you bet take care
Well, back here with another segment on our Preps podcast. This is Kyle Nedenrip, and uh, joined now in this segment by uh, Cathedral basketball coach Jason Delaney. And uh, Jason had uh, talked to Pat Echeverria from Pike uh, earlier in the show, and uh, he posted uh, you know something Saturday. Uh, you know, in, in regards to the uh, the protests and, and things going on in our country, and, and Jason did as well, uh, also on Saturday. And, and and Jason, I guess I just wanted to ask you, you know, you were pretty early in the in the process to uh, to to post something, and uh, just wanted to ask you, I guess what what kind of you know fueled you to to want to you know put put that on your on your Twitter account, and and kind of what was the feedback you received from it? I mean, I think the biggest thing is it's about what's doing what's right um you know there's so many of our former players and current players and you know i look at my coaching staff and the coaches i've worked with in the past and just some of the biggest influence and friends in my life and you know to sit silent would be to let them down and it would be not supporting them the way you should um and so to me it was really important to make sure they knew that i support them and that you know, you got to stand up what's right. You know, what what was done in, in Minneapolis last week, that, that was wrong. You know, and there's been so many other instances of that, that to have change occur, then we've all got to start standing up for what's right. And now the next step is to take, you know, it's real easy to, to make a tweet, but now there's got to be actions that back up those words. And, and that's our plan. You know, I challenged our guys a couple of years ago during that whole James Franklin um, mm-hmm. you know, incident that be the change in the world that you want to see. And I've always told our guys, let's do it in a positive way. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things is that you build relationships with people and those can break down walls when you have those relationships because you don't truly see the differences when you have relationships. And I think if people are more willing in their communities and, and together to sit down and, and have those, you know, meaningful conversations that we can start to make progress and things can start to change, but it has to be as a whole. And and one thing I, I keep thinking about is a lot of this could have been avoided, you know, with leadership and accountability, and and we wouldn't be some of the places that we are now. Because I think there's a lot of people who are lost, and they're looking for leaders. And for me, I'm, I'm in a position of leadership, like it or not like it. You know, the majority of the, the kids I've coached in my career, um, whether it be AU or in high school, most of the coaching staffs I've, I've worked with are African-American. And at this time, you know, leadership is not staying silent. Leadership is standing up for what's right and working together to make things better. Well, that's well put. And I know, uh, you know, it, it's something probably that, you know, we don't think about as, as white men, you know, as often as maybe we should. And, you know, honestly, there's been a lot of times where, you know, I've, I've covered a lot of your games when you were coaching at Tech and, and, you know, me and you were probably two of the only white people in the in the gym a, a, a lot of times, and you don't even think about it. You don't you you don't. Th- it's just you're you're put in those uh, those situations where you know sports. We don't really think about you know color as much, which I think is a good thing about about sports. But uh, but I think at this time, you know, for you know people like yourself in, in your situation. Uh, and like you said, it's not just putting something on social media. It's kind of living it day to day. And I and I, I think that's the that's the important thing moving forward is is you know it, you know like you said it, we can we can put stuff out there. It's but it's a matter of kind of living it. And you know I, I but I think it is it's it, it's a solid step in the right direction to to put it out there and show that you are 
uh, sort of standing with with the, the African American community uh, for what's right, and, and so I think that's an important thing uh, to show. But Jason, how, how have you know have you been able to to talk connect with your players at all about any of this, or is it is it just too tough right now considering the uh, the COVID situation? You know, a little bit. I mean, during our our meeting this week, we're going to talk a lot about it. I plan on having some people join us you know ken barlow is our head of diversity here and ken is one of the greatest guys you can meet um you know having him uh come and and talk on on our you know it has to be a zoom it's it's too bad we're not face to face but you know we're still living in a pandemic during this time uh, and there's some other guys in the community that i really respect that i want to reach out to as well to kind of you know give us some guidance too of you know how can we be more involved in this change and you know I, I continue to think about you know we preach family and a lot of teams do and all that that's part of the reason you got to speak up too you know if you're really family then you're supporting each other it's not just you know on the court you know where it's wins or losses or whatever it may be you've got to be family all the time and and part of that family i mean i think back to to the tech time some of the the, the things that with those young men that they lived through and, and they would turn to myself and the coaching staff, it's really important to make sure that you're family all the time, if that's what you're going to preach. Um, but I, I think just, you know, having those meaningful conversations and including people who can help you get there is going to be a really crucial part to what we do. Well, I think it's going to, to spark a, a broader conversation. I think something that can carry over uh, into the into the season for you know a lot of teams, and, and it can spark a discussion at home. You know, I know having conversations with my own kids. I'm sure you do with your with your son, who's uh, you know get in, in elementary school now. But uh, it's a good conversation piece. Uh, you know, as we uh, dads and, and families are, are raising kids at this time, so uh, a, a lot of positives can come from it but you know Jason I also wanted to ask you too you know you're in a you know we're all in a situation we're kind of waiting on uh, that July 1st date when I know high school coaches are able to get back in the buildings and, and facilities will reopen at least at this point that's what we think is going to happen uh, but you're also involved as, a, as an AAU coach uh, with the uh, the Speed into Heat and I saw uh, Nike uh, officially canceled their season on uh saturday night and 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 that's going to be regardless if there are open evaluation periods to come beyond july uh but that means no peach jam and, and those sorts of things so a lot of things kind of going by the wayside from a you know you've got guys who are being recruited at cathedral and and guys who are uh, would have been you know recruited or are, are being recruited in the 2021 class uh with the indy heat too but how does that what what have you seen? What has changed as far as recruiting goes? As far as has it made it more difficult for these guys to get looks, or or how has that gone for this class? Do you think? You know, I think for this senior to be class, the junior to be class, I definitely think it's hurt them. Um, you know, the, the landscape as we talk to our guys all the time. You know, you especially have younger guys who are waiting for that offer. Well, the landscape of college basketball has changed when you look at the amount of transfers and then. You know, you have grad transfers, you have guys transferring from school to school. You know, if you can get a, an experienced guy who can, you know, say you're on the verge of making the NCAA tournament or the verge of going to the Final Four, you're going to look for that more experienced guy who can kind of put you over the top. And so, you know, where used to maybe offers went to younger guys, that doesn't happen all the time. And that's why we preach patience. 
Well, now you're getting to that time where college coaches would really start looking at them. And some of the college coaches, you know, you, you talk to them on the phone a lot, um, have said, you know, all we have to go on because we haven't seen, especially, you know, this junior class, which really impacts us with, with Tayshawn Comer and Pete Moe, mm-hmm. you know, they haven't seen them as much. And so we're going off of lists that, we, that we've seen. And so they haven't had eyes on them. So, you know, you send out film and, and especially – we have two seniors, Jalen Johnson and Vincent Brady, who really needed this time uh, to be seen by, by college coaches. And so we've tried to send out highlight films to coaches. We've tried to send out game film. We, we make calls for them. And you're trying to help them that way. But eventually, and that's, and you know, we sure hope that we get back to this, this next season. It becomes crucial, those fall workouts, you know, when college coaches are in there. And then during a season, you know, the, the time that you have, uh, to be watched is going to shorten. I've read too where there may be an open period in August and September and and September or in October. Excuse me. I mean, does that mean with your AU team? Does that mean with your high school team? How's this all going to be? Right. You know. You know. And I know for like us with Indy Heat, um, the plan is to get going in the middle of June, but it will be more local tournaments in in June and July. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know, but I think it's definitely hurt hurt kids because they haven't been able to see them and so you know it'd be interesting too to see you know when colleges start to offer kids in these classes going forward you know you've got to really do your homework on these on the players as well if you're a college coach to make sure that you are you know really uh, being successful in the ones that you offer in your targets yeah it's going to be because right now you know there's no opportunity to kind of uncover that that hidden gem player or the guy who's really improved his his game since the end of the high school season or you know all those opportunities that we normally see and you know it's fun to write about or or watch kids progress with their game or you know pop off in a in a big uh, summer tournament and all of a sudden he's got the four or five offers so none of that you know none of that stuff is is able to have able to happen right now so it does change things considerably and i feel bad for those uh especially that class that's going to be seniors because they're just not getting that opportunity and it's across the board so it's it's i guess it's equal for all but uh but still you know my hope is that you know at least we can get back to playing some basketball here uh into june and july and and even if coaches aren't there maybe a chance to get at least get some film out at that point yeah and selfishly you know this this indie heat team was going to be one of the most talented that we have we've had you know when you look from top to bottom and we were really excited about this group and you know with with christian going ahead and reclassifying and then being no eybl like you truly won't see the whole team ever together and for for me selfishly you know we got to the final eight last year and you know, having Luke and, and Caleb coming back who had that taste of the Peach Jam run, you know, we were really looking forward to making a, a run at the Peach Jam, and you just don't get that. So selfishly, you know, you're going to miss all that as well. What is your schedule? Do you know what your schedule is going to be looking like, Jason? Have you guys finalized any any plans yet for, for playing? Yeah, I mean, we, June 15th, I mean, there will be, you know, practices starting, one-day practices for, you know, the next couple of weeks. But those won't be your you know you won't be touching you won't be five on five it'll be a lot of station work and uh, small groups. Um, once we get into July, um, there's some tournaments in Fort Wayne and Grand Rapids, and then a couple more in Fort Wayne. Um, a lot of localized stuff. But what what 
you know, our organizers are talking about is maybe you get some really good Midwestern teams to come um, to it. And, you know, I know, like, we've got plans to, to work to get college coaches, even though they can't be there with streams and stuff like that, you know, hopefully people can still watch them. And so you still can help kids that way. You just got to get creative with it. And I know the IBCA was still hopeful that, you know, potentially they could play the Charlie Hughes and, and the underclass yeah. showcase. Uh, if there is an opportunity to have an evaluation weekend in August, maybe trying to do that at that point. Yeah, and I know, you know, like Pete and Tay, we're really looking forward to that. I mean, Charlie Hughes is one of our favorite things every summer to participate in. You know, I, I think it was really weird the day after Memorial Day. I said to my wife, you know, today is the day we always get going. You know, we, we get into the weight room. We get on the court. We have freshmen starting to join us. And, you know, talking to her again last night, this week was always special because we always, you know, had our couple days of workouts and everything. And then, like last year, we went to Purdue and IU this weekend. So it was fun to start to get on the court and see what you were going to kind of work with that next year um but you know i I feel like after that sectional game i I woke up and we're like in a movie and it's a bad movie i mean it's one thing after another and it just seems like really weird times right now well, I was going to ask you about that kind of lastly here. How do you, you know, we were all at that sectional and I was, you know, I talked to you, you know, for that story uh, on sectional 10 that, you know, it really was, it's like the opening scene of a, of a movie that we didn't know what, you know, at that time, what the, what the end was going to be. And the end was not good uh, for, for many people who were at that sectional and, you know, others who got sick and, and fortunately have recovered uh, since then. But do you feel yet comfortable about thinking like you know ahead to this season and you know playing in front of full gyms and, and you know and i know we don't know where our country's going to be at that point necessarily but are you are you comfortable even getting back to you know some regular basketball in the summer again are you are you to that point yet it doesn't seem like ages ago it does like that sectional yeah. seems ages ago I, you know what I, I you don't know i mean there's a, a big part of you that wants that normal thing. You want to get back to the things that you love and you just want things to go back to the way they were, you know, in, in the sports terms. Um, but then there's that part of you that's reserved too, because you don't know. Um, you don't know where we are with it for sure. You don't know if it's coming back. You, you just don't know. I mean, you've got to have faith and you got to continue to believe that things are heading in the right direction. But I think, Kind of, you know, I read your article last week. I'm, it's kind of on the fence. You, you, you want it, but you just don't know because you're cautious. I think people are starting to feel, you know, like, I think it's partly because the weather. You know, people are yes. just like, yep. you know, let's kind of, you know, forget about it or you know and i think it's natural human nature to kind of just like you know once things start to feel normal again and it's not something you know the the coronavirus you can't see it you know so you kind of forget sometimes but you know i hope that we are able to get back and and uh, uh and start playing some basketball again here soon playing some sports again and you know whatever the 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 situation is you know i think that's at least a starting point to uh to maybe getting back to uh what our normal used to be you know, I'll tell you, I saw the video and I've seen pictures of, you know, a lot of the major high school players and ones are, are in college playing at a park. And mm-hmm. it, it, I had to smile because it takes me back yeah. to when you know, we were kids. <laughs> right. Like, I, there was no, in the summer, 
there was open gyms, but the coach couldn't be in there, so he'd go in there. But I always remember growing up in Lafayette, we would always go over to Purdue about every night and play against college kids, and other high school players would come over to Purdue on the outdoor blacktop courts. And you'd have to, if you didn't win, I mean, it was that incentive to win, because if not, you were going to sit and watch for a while. Right. And so when I saw those pictures in the video, it made me smile because it took me back to, you know, a long time ago, <laughs> um, which – it's good. I think it's good that these kids are seeing kind of that part of it. And two, you see that something's been taken away from them that they love, but yet they're still finding a way to make it happen. Hopefully they're doing it safely and everything, but they're still finding a way. And that shows their true love as well. Absolutely. That's a good thing that can can come out of this for sure. But uh, I don't want to keep you here forever, Jason, but I appreciate you uh, coming on and, and, you know, sharing that. Again, wanted to talk with you about that that post, but also, you know, the, the recruiting scene and and, uh, and also just kind of getting back to, to sports. But uh, always appreciate uh, talking with you, and, and thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Kyle. Kyle, thank you for all that you're doing. And, and I just enjoy reading your articles and, and your post and how you're staying positive and trying to make change as well. So thank you, Kyle. You bet. Thanks, Jason. And that does it for this week's uh, Preps podcast. Uh, thanks again to Mike Kirshner, Mount Vernon football coach, uh, Pike football coach, Pat Echeverria, and uh, Cathedral basketball coach Jason Delaney for coming on and talking about more than just sports. But uh, as we return to sports, some of their concerns and also uh you know coaches not afraid to dive in and, and talk about some some things beyond sports and kind of the racial tones uh and has as they can uh, lead uh young men and on their teams and and hopefully uh, continue to do so uh moving forward it's it's uh, more than just a, a post it's uh, about living it and uh i think these these coaches do that so uh Looking forward to uh, to seeing what transpires from here. And again, thanks for uh, joining us uh, for the Preps podcast today.